All right, let's learn some Torah. A good nerve Shabbos, everybody. Today's daf is daf Mem Aleph, uh, page 41. But we did not finish yesterday's daf. We're up to the Mishnah towards the bottom of Mem Amud Beis. Okay, so we're about uh, 15 lines from the bottom of 40B, daf Mem Amud Beis. And we pick up with the Mishnah. And before we read the Mishnah inside, let's discuss what the Mishnah is going to be focusing on. There's been a big focus of the mixture, the mixture of flour and water. At what stage of the production of wheat is the water allowed to touch the kernel, the flour itself, right? That was the focus of yesterday. Today we're going to touch on an interesting topic, which the Mishnah is going to give three separate examples of this. And that is... What about when I'm not uh, when I'm not making flour, I'm not soaking, but I'm kind of adding flour to either a mixture of something else, or I am um, there's like a tremendous amount of water with the flour, and let's I'll I'll explain it outside first. Like for example. The Mishnah is going to start by discussing um, the halacha when you mix flour with a dip. Okay, particularly the Mishnah is going to talk about uh, haraises. It's not referring to the haraises that we're familiar with, right? The walnuts and the wine and, the, you know, that we dip our mar into, right? Um, it could be, but it's not specific to that. It's referring to any dip. It's referring to mustard, right? What happens if some flour falls into mustard? Is anything gonna? Is any leavening going to happen actually within the mustard? Is there a concern? We're gonna learn it's taco problem. We're also gonna discuss a halacha of um, of um, cooking the carbon pesach when it comes to uh, flour and what happens. This is interesting. We're more familiar with this when it comes to ice cream scoopers, right? but very often the bakers would, in order to wash off their hands in between doughs, if they're changing recipes, they would have this big container of water, right? You ever see people scooping out ice cream, right? You go into an ice cream shop. They stick the ice cream scooper into this, like, warm water to clean it off, and then they go and they take a different flavor, right? Because you don't want a mixture of flavors. Bakers would do that with their hands. They'd knead dough. Then they'd dip their hands into, like, a big bucket of water, take off whatever flour... Uh, was left on their hands, any residue, and then they would move their hands over to the other thing. So what's the status of this huge bucket of water that's got the, that the, um, the bakers would use to wash their hands off? What do you do with that on Pesach? That's going to be the third case. Again, all of them, are, we're not dealing necessarily with when uh, my dough's rising. None of them, dough any. there's any dough rising. or yeah. But what do I do with this mixture now? Okay? And what's unique about the dips, and one more point to point out, the Gemara is going to focus on this as well, is that the haroses dip and the mustard both have um, acid. They both have, they both have, um, they're both sharp. And since they're both sharp, like we learned yesterday, that can get in the way of the leavening process. It, it, it uh, inhibits the ability to uh, for chimutz to happen, so there's more room to perhaps think 
that it should be allowed. Okay, here we go. Let's get going. Let's read the mission inside towards the bottom of Daf Mem Amud Bey. Zok the mission. Einoisin kamach l'say charais is not allowed to add flour to the charaises dip, which has vinegar. We're assuming or some sort of sharp taste. or to a mustard on Pesach. You're not allowed to do that. But what happened if I did? No chimuts happened because it's sharp. Vimnasan says the Tanakama If you eat it right away, you can eat the mustard and the haraisis dip. Because you know it takes a while anyway for leavening to happen. You shouldn't do it, but if you did it, eat it fast. Before any potential chametz happens. Rav Meir says, nothing doing. Yeah, absolutely not allowed. You're not allowed to eat it at all. Next halacha. In Mavashlanasa Pesach. You're not allowed to cook the carbon pesach, like the mashkim, like the This is a separate halacha referring to the carbon pesach. We know that it says in in um, parshas in uh, in parshas Bay, when discussing the carbon pesach, the carbon pesach had to be eaten with tzliesh. It had to be roasted. It had to be roasted on a fire. You weren't allowed to cook in water your carbon uh, pesach. The carbon pesach was not allowed to be cooked. In water, fruit juice. However, you're allowed to kind of marinate your carbon pesach. You're allowed to have liquids touch the outsides of the, uh, you know, and, and uh, go into the meat, but you're not allowed to cook it in water. Okay. And finally, the last halacha of the Mishnah is Mei Tashmishah this big bucket of water that the bakers would rinse their hands off with. The halacha is. You got to make sure that's gotten rid of before Pesach. Yishaku, spill out the water. Because I got flour, old dough, and water, and chimutz is going to happen. Okay? Seemingly three separate halachas of the mission. I shouldn't say halachas, categories. There could be more halachas because charaisas uh, and mustard are together as of now. We'll see. Right, but three separate categories. Category number one is you're not supposed to put flour into the charaises or mustard. And we had a machoikas. What if you do? Tanakama says it's okay. Rav Meir says not okay. Next halacha was how do you cook the carbon pesach? And the third halacha, uh, uh, how do you cook it? Means it can't be cooked in water. It needs to be roasted. Halacha number three is what to do with this uh, basket of water that the bakers would rinse their hands off with. Clear? Clear? All right, let's go. Zok the Gemara. Whether you're allowed to use it immediately is only about mustard. But what about if my flour falls into charaises? Everyone agrees. Even Tanakam will agree. You're not allowed to eat it immediately. You must also get rid of it uh, as fast as you can. Okay. Even though when you read the Mishnah, it says charaises and mustard. And then it mentions the machlaikas. The Gemara is clarifying. They're only arguing about mustard. The charaisa's part, everybody's going to got to get rid of it. We learned the price similarly. Now let add flour to charaisa. If you did add flour, you got to burn it right away. But by mustard, oh, then there's a discussion. That's where a mayor says, oh, sir, and you got to get rid of it right away. And then the chum say, no, you are permitted to eat it. That you're allowed to eat it if the flour falls into the charaisas. to the chardol. Amalei Rav Nachman Bar Yisak the Rav Huna Breid Rav Yehuda. Rav Nachman Bar Yisak asks Rav Huna the son of Rav Yehuda. Top of today's daf. Top of Mem Amud Aleph. A charaisas 
Ka'amar Mar. Are we dealing specifically with Haraises? Or are you talking about, uh, is the Machleika specifically by mustard, or are they even arguing about the Haraises? He says, what's the difference? Yeah, in other words, he's not asking him what's the difference, like why are you asking this? He's saying, why do you think that the two would have a separate halacha? Kahana. She says, because Rav Kahana's opinion, Rav Kahana holds there is a difference, and they only argue by mustard, but his opinion is that everybody would be in agreement if the flower falls in the charaisis, you got to burn it right away. So you do see opinions that there's a difference between charaisis and mustard. That's why I'm asking you. I disagree that there's a difference, and if there's a machlaikas by mustard, there should be a machlaikas uh, by Charei says as well. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says, Kavasei Rav Kahana Nistavra. Rav Kahana um, makes sense that there's only a Machlekes by Charei and everybody agrees, I'm sorry, there's only a Machlekes by Mustard. Rav Kahana makes sense only Machlekes by Mustard, and there's no Machlekes by Charei by Charei everybody will be in agreement that you got to get rid of it. Why does it make sense like Rav Kahana? Since Shmuel says, Ein halacha Yaisi's opinion is um, that something sharp gets in the way, stunts the leavening process. That was Rav Yaisi's opinion. Shmuel does not paskin like Rav Yaisi. My love, Tzimusei who delights Samus, doesn't it mean that something sharp does not uh, shrink the process, but, and not only does it not shrink it, but maybe it even allows the leavening to happen, and therefore, think about it, if I pour my flour into charaises, it's the same thing as pouring my flour into water. We're mamish dealing with a a full-fledged chametz problem. And since I'm dealing with a full-fledged chametz problem, you sorry if me at. There shouldn't be a machlaikas about it. Everybody would be in agreement. You burn it immediately. Says you are light. There's no proof. Maybe all it means is that the sharp liquid doesn't make the leavening process go in the reverse. Nor does it help it. Maybe maybe things kind of uh, stay in one place. All right? And therefore, it uh, we have no proof to Rav Kahana's approach over... Rav Huna. Period. We're at the two dots. Uh, that we said that the carbon Pesach is not allowed to be cooked. It needs to be roasted. Okay, so there's a whole different discussion over how the carbon Pesach was eaten. Very, very, very interesting. But just keep in mind the Psukim in the Torah. The Psukim say straight out the carbon Pesach must be eaten Sli'esh. Slim means roasted, ish on fire. You're not allowed to boil it. You're not allowed to cook it. You can't cook. You might stick your corned beef into a pot to cook up for a few hours. You can't do that to your carbon pesa. You're not allowed to eat the carbon pesa if it's cooked in water. In the Elamayim. I know you can't cook it in water. Maybe I'm allowed to cook it in barbecue sauce. Maybe I can cook it in apple juice. Which doesn't get in the way of the meat's taste. Asurin, 
we still say it's usher, even though it doesn't change the taste. Water doesn't, doesn't ruin the taste of the meat. I'm just cooking it this way. So if that's not okay, so uh, barbecue sauce and apple juice, if you cook it in these things where it's going to get in the way of the carbon Pesach flavor, like Koshkin, how much more so should I not, allowed to be do, should I not be allowed to do that? Because it's not even going to taste like a carbon Pesach. Rabbi Oimer, Rabbi says, very nice you have a Kavach I have a Pasuk. Pamayim. You now let eat your carbon Pesach when it's cooked in water in the Elamayim. I only know from the Torah you can't cook it in water specifically. Sharmash Minayim. How do I know you can't even cook it in apple juice? Tamadaymar, Voshel, Mevoshel, anything cooked. Bekol Makayim. Bekol Makayim. Any type of cooking is Nishgit. All right? So we have um, the Brisa. The Brisa telling us that the reason why the carbon Pesach can't be cooked is from a Kavachimer, that if I can't cook it in water, which doesn't change the taste, how much more so should I not be allowed to cook it in apple juice, which would change the taste? And Rebbe's approach. Rebbe's approach is, it's not a matter of a Kavachimer, it's drushas from the Pesach. Says the Gemara Maibinai. What's going to be the difference whether I'm learning it out from a Kavachimer? Or, Ubashom Bavoshul, Pesachim, Ikebinayu, Tzli Kadar, the difference is going to be when you, what happens is when you start cooking meat. So um, Rashi explains that every meat has its own juice. Every meat has its own juice, its own liquid. And some meats have so much fat that it kamamish like, like uh, come out. And now when the meat is being cooked, it's like being cooked in its own juices, which brings out its flavor but it's still considered cooking as opposed to tzliyesh because there's enough liquid for it to be considered a, a, a pot roast and not a fire roast. So if you follow the kalvachaymer, which is, oh, if, it's, if, if water, which doesn't get in the way of the taste, isn't good, kalvachaymer, everything else, well, what about when it's in its own fats? Maybe taka would be okay. But if you learn that it can't be in anything, so, um, uh, so according to Rebbe, it says, uh, any type any type of cooking doesn't work. Even if it's being cooked in its own fats, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an issue. And the Rabbanon of the Braisa who learn out the Kavachimer. In classic Gemara terms, the Gemara is going to go and ask on each one. Okay, Rebbe has a Pasuk telling me that it's not allowed to be cooked at all. So why are the Rabbanon making a Kavachayim there? We have an explicit verse. The Gemara says, They need it for the following. What happens if first somebody cooks it in a pot and afterwards they throw it onto the barbecue? What if I barbecue my meat first and then I cook it in a pot? Halacha is chayav. You have transgressed. It needs to be completely cooked. Okay, it has to be. I'm sorry. It has to be completely grilled. It has to be completely sliyesh. And that's what they learn out from mavoshul mavoshul. That it can't have any part of bishul. Bishul can't play any sort of role in this bechlal um, at all. Bishlema bishle vachach tzlai. Says the Gemara. It makes sense. At first, I cook it, then I roast it. That's a problem. Chayav the It's considered cooked. Once it's cooked, it's cooked. Doesn't help to throw it on the grill. 
on the fire. But once I cook it on the fire, the and afterwards I cook it. What's the problem? What's the deal? Barbecue meat. Am I? Why are you high of eating corn bezach like that? Why, why, why does, who says it's a problem? I'm Rav Gahana. Hamani, the town of our Mishnah is Rabbi Yaisi. I'll tell you why it's a problem. Because the town of our Mishnah is Rabbi Yaisi. The town we learned in the Brisa, Yaitzim Berekik Hasharoi. A person can eat matzah if it's completely baked and then put in water. Okay? So, we know that obviously you have to be concerned about matzah turning into chametz. But what happens when a person has a fully baked matzah, so now it can't, now that it's baked, it cannot become chametz anymore. And they break up the matzah. They break up the matzah and they have to soak it in water. I had to do this. Um, this coming Pesach will be 11 years. 11 years ago, when I was learning the Mir Yeshiva, there was, a, there was a strain of mumps that went around the Yeshiva. I got my MMR, I got my booster. It was an interesting strain of mumps. It was going around everywhere. I had never heard of it. Next thing I know, it was a week before Pesach. This is when Zelda was expecting our twin girls. So, all of a sudden, my chin, like, exploded. It, like, swelled up tremendously. And my saliva gland stopped working a few days before Pesach. So, in order for me to get anything dry down, I had to, I had to have water. So, I'm at the Pesach Seder. There's no way this matzah is going down my mouth. I have no saliva. I have no saliva to get it down. So I had to soak the matzah. I had to break up the matzah. And mamish, like, get it wet. This way, the matzah would keep moving around my mouth and eventually make its way down my throat. But So the brisa says that if a person has matzah, there's no problem. It's fully baked. So you're allowed to do that, right? It's kabraks. Okay? So my, minute, my family minute is not the kabraks. Uh, it's the Ikebrox. I'm sorry. We're not Makhbet on Gebrox. My wife's Makhbet sometimes. <laughs> she comes from a family that is Makhbet. I'm not. So even though I'm not Makhbet, my house is usually Gebrox, uh, is, is usually non-Gebrox anyway. But you're allowed to eat your matzah like that. There's no problem. Or with something that is boiled as long as it didn't fall apart. There's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. You can't, you cannot, you, he agrees. You're allowed to uh, fulfill your chi of matzah with a soaked matzah. But not if it's cooked, even if it has not fallen apart. Okay, so Rabbi Yaisi is going to be our Tanya, uh, uh, the Tana of our Brisa. Again, why? Because you see that Rabbi Yaisi holds that. Once something has a status of being cooked or baked, it does not change. Ula Amar Ula says a few tamer of Mayer. You could even say that we're following the opinion of Rebbe Mayer, who holds that once something is baked, um, you can boil it afterwards. There's no problem. Ice. Then why would it be an issue in our Mishnah? Shine, with the carbon Pesach, shiny hacha. Here it's, it's carbon Pesach is different. There's extra psukim that says that you can't have any sort of cooking. Mikol Makan. As opposed to matzah, where you don't have the bashim of voshel, so there we can be lenient and we can say that once it's baked, if you throw it, if you uh, soak it in water, it's not going to be, con- it's not going to remove its baked status. Only by a carbon pesach will it stand 
in the way of uh, uh, well, we consider it if you cook it after broiling it. Now it'll be considered like it's cooked. Why? Because the Torah says bosh mavosh, you got to completely stay away from from cooking. Period. Okay. Tonu rabbonah. Here we go. The rabbis learned that's why the rabbis were about twelve lines to the bottom of mem aleph amod aleph. I would have thought that if a person mamish barbecues the carbon pesach, a person who eats it is going to be chayav. Yeah. Now, why? Why would I think that if you completely burn your thing, chayav? The Talmud Leimar says, Yeah. It says it's got to be uh, completely uh, roasted and can't be cooked in in, in uh, water. No What's the case of completely cooked? Amravashi the Yeah, you hear this? Very interesting. This is a good response. If uh, you right, people they ask you how you like your meat. You like it uh, raw, rare, medium rare, medium medium well well done. Yeah, what is it? What are all what are all these zachit? It's a fascinating Bryce. The Bryce is saying like this. The Torah says that you're supposed to roast your carbon Pesach. supposed to be cooked on fire. Dr. Bryce, I would think that if it is... So at the... Ravashi is explaining to us if it's like overcooked, burnt, edible, but burnt, it doesn't work either. It doesn't work either. It's not considered meat. You need to be able to look at this thing and it doesn't have a name of burnt meat. It has a name of broiled meat. Barbecued meat. A fliesh. But if it's burnt, I would say, listen, you can't fulfill your mitzvah with burnt meat. That doesn't, doesn't have a status of meat. So the Torah tells us that it's only us to eat it partially broiled and it's us to eat it cooked. Since we don't find the transgression of eating it when it's overcooked, a person taka will fulfill their mitzvah even if they overcook their carbon pesach. Next, Tan Rabban. Tan Rabban, the rabbis learned so should we? I would think that a person's chayav for eating a carbon pesach raw. You can't eat it partially cooked. You can't eat it partially roasted or cooked. Does it say you can't eat it raw? No. No, Uboshal Amartilak. I said you can't eat it cooked. And you can't eat it partially roasted. Doesn't say in the terror you can't eat it raw. It seems you could eat it raw. Yoho Yehemotr. So now that it doesn't say you could eat it raw, I would say not only am I am I not chayav, it's fine. It should be roasted on fire. So Allah is like this. If you eat your carbon Pesach raw, you're not chayav. You don't have to bring a carbon. But you also didn't fulfill your mitzvah. Because it can only be fulfilled. It needs to at least be roasted on fire. What is considered partially roasted? Which is asr and chayav. Rab Rab says, Kida Amri Parsoi Barnet. 
It's the status that the Persians call Abarnan. Okay, not sure uh, we don't speak Persian, but uh, it's, re- it's referring to uh, partially barbecued, not really fully cooked. Okay. Amar Ruchista, says, A person who cooks anything in the hot springs of Tveria, the hot springs of Tveria get hot. And if you leave food in it, it could cook it. But it's obviously not the normal way of cooking. Right? It's not standard way to cook in the springs of Tveria. It's not a pot. So the halacha is potter. Since it's, uh, it's with a shinoi, so it's not chay of midai raisa, it's unusual. So you're potter. Pesach shebishle b'chamitveria chay. But, however, a person who eats a carbon pesach that's cooked in the chamitveria, he's going to be chay. Okay, so it's, it's not considered cooking for Shabbos, but it is considered cooking for Pesach. Yes, Dave? The shinoi is that I'm cooking it in a hot spring instead of in a pot on top of a flame. Right? You take your you take your anything and you're sticking it into a hot spring. Okay? Right. Says the Gemara, but one second. As far as Shabbos is concerned, we said you're a potter. It's a shinoi. But all of a sudden, if I do the same thing for a carbon Pesach, it's like Osir Daraisa. Because it's considered cooked in a pot. Either it's considered cooked or it's not. Maishno Shabbos Deloi, the Toldus Eish, Be'in on Veleka, Pesach Nami, Lav Toldus Eishu. Amarava, Rav explains, no, my Chayev, Diktani, what do we mean that your Chayev, if you eat the carbon Pesach, cooked in the hot springs, it's very, Dikaova Mishum Sliyesh. Because you transgressed, it says in the Torah, only when it is roasted on a fire. Since it wasn't roasted on a fire, you transgressed that Avera. It's not that you transgressed the Avera of cooking it. The problem is, is that you ate it when it wasn't roasted on a fire. It wasn't the positive transgression of cooking. It's a negative transgression of eating it when it's not roasted. Son of Nosson taught Rav Chista's halacha straight out. He paskets bamish like this. Omar Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, "A mavasho b'chamei tveria b'shabes potter." A person who cooks with chamei tveria b'shabes. Pot, you're not, it's it's usher, right? You're not allowed to do that, but it's also be drabana because it's a shino. It's unusual. On Pesach, why not for cooking? But because because it says it's a transgression of eating. You only let it eat it when it's roasted. And since bottom line is, if you stuck it into chametzveria, you didn't eat it roasted. You're either on that avera. Period. Okay. Omar Rava. Rava says, What if a person did eat the carbon Pesach when it was partially roasted? It is partially roasted. What if I did? So I got an Avir. What's the consequence? Top of Amad Beis. Says the Gemara, like Ishnayim. Yeah, you got two sets of Malkis. First of all, because you needed to roast it. And second of all, because it says, I'll take but let's say you ate it, a carbon Pesach cooked, like in Stein, you also get two sets. Why? Because it says, don't eat it cooked. And you need to cook it on the, don't eat it if you don't cook it on the flame. No, um, ah, let's say you eat it partially roasted and cooked. So now you got, first of all, the, don't eat it partially cooked. You are also either on, don't eat it cooked. Your Ivor and don't eat a partially roasted. Your Ivor and don't eat a cooked. And your Ivor as well 
on, you should uh, you don't eat it unless it's completely roasted on a flame. Gavaldix, you have three Avers. Abai Omar Abai says, ain't like in Allah she that no, we only give a uh, Malchus for a love that is direct and individualized. If the Torah says, ki im, you're not allowed to eat it, ki im sliesh, unless it's ro- unless it's roasted on fire. So that is a more general term, and that's not going to obligate somebody in an additional set of Malchus. Now, those who say Abai's opinion a little differently, um, if you're not going to get two sets of Malchus, when a person uh, uh, does an Avera where there's a general type of Pasuk, so if a person does one Avera and it, all it has is a Klalistika Pasuk, it only has a generalized Pasuk, so then you could get Malchus for one. No, you don't even get for one. Because it's not a direct lav to the person. And therefore, it's like the lav of Chasima, which we know the halacha is, there's no chi of Malchus. If a person does muzzle their uh, ox while it's working, so you're over a lav, but you do not, uh, you do not get malchus because it's a it's a general, uh, there it's a, a general pasuk, and if I'm not going to get it by a specific one on muzzling, you're not going to get malchus over here as well. Period. That's shitas abaye, and two ika de amri's understandings abaye's opinion. Rava Amar Rava says another interesting halacha, and we're now going to go on a little bit of a tangent in halacha. Similar style of issues, right? A person who transgresses, when you chay of Malchus. But it's going to be uh, different er- categories of halachas. Achal zog. Yeah? A nazir is not allowed to drink wine or eat grapes. What if he eats just the skin of the grapes without any insides? You know there was no wine, there was no juice. Just the, just the skin. Halacha is like a stein. You, you got two sets of Malchus too. Chartzah. Um, what, let's say he eats the seed, like a shtayin, zog v'charzen. Let's say you eat a skin and the seed, like a shalish. Abayam or is going to say the same thing. No, 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 no. Ain't like an alav shabakolis. You don't get malchus on a klolus dikalav. What's the klolus dikalav? And anything that you eat, the nazir, uh, anything that nazir eats from the vineyard is going to be also. That's anything you eat, right? That's a, a general expression. A general expression means everything's usher. So that's not going to... So if you, if you did not vera with a specific thing for a generalized pasuk, there's no chi of malchus. amri, same machoik as we said before. Tartihud laylaki, chodami alaki. He's not going to get two, but uh, but one he should still get. And ikad amri, no. Chodanami laylaki, same thing. You don't even get one. If a person eats, uh, you know, from a different part of the vineyard, you're not even going to be chayab on any general love. The lav miyachid lavei kalav bechasima because it's not as specific as the lav of chasima. Period. End of those, we'll call them tangential halachos. Let's get back to discussing the carbon pesach. Toner Abonon, the rabbis learned in Soshui, Ochal kezayis no mi If a person eats a kezayis of 
partially roasted meat before Pesach started. So the halacha is, you shech the carbon Pesach on Erev Yom Tif. You roast it, and then you eat it You eat it on Yom Tif. Now, you can roast it either before Yom Tif, you could eat roasted on Yom Tif, right? You're allowed to cook on Yom Tif, there's no problem. You're allowed to broil on Yom Tif. Let's say I eat a partially roasted piece of my carbon Pesach, but it's before Pesach starts. Halacha is potter. Potter is not going to be chayav. Why? Because you're not at your, it's, it's not the zman yet. It's not the time for Achilas Pesach. Kezayis no mishach ha-sheicha. Once you eat a kezayis of partially cooked carbon Pesach, once it's dark, chayav, you're going to get malkus. Ochav kezayis tzlimi ba'yayim. Eat a kezayis of completely roasted meat while it's still day, like pasal asem ne chabura. You, you, you can still be counted that night towards the chabura. Kezayis tzlimi shach ha-sheicha. But if you eat a kezayis of meat, once it became dark, pasal asem ne chabura, he pasals himself up. Imamish like removes himself from the group. Okay? He's, he, Rashi explains, like you did this Avera, you only, it's very interesting, you're only allowed to be con, to partake of a carbon Pesach at your Pesach Seder if you're part of a Chabura, if you're part of the group of people that brought that carbon Pesach. Now, each person needed to pick a Chabura, pick a group of people that they're going to eat their carbon Pesach with. If I do that and it's not yet Yom Tif, so now I could still pick a Chabura to be part of. But once I ate it at night, I can't join any sort of Chabura because I already established myself to be alone. I established my own muck, my own place, and I can't go out and join a Chabura anymore. Tani Idach. We learned in Hebraism similarly. I might think. Of partially roasted meat before Pesach. You're going to be chayav, even though it's not yet Pesach. Because I'll make a kavachaymer. If it would be on Pesach, when you're supposed to get up and eat the roasted meat. So, you're a vera. If I'm, if it's not even at that time, how much more so should I not be over? I'm sorry. How much more so should it be an avera? Meaning, because you're doing two averas, you're not eating it in the proper time, and you're doubly eating it partially roasted. If I'd be only over on one of them, it's going to cause me problems. I'm going to be chayav. If I'm doing two averas, I should be chayav. I'm not even eating at the proper time. That's one way to look at it. Or maybe not. Maybe if it's not yet Pesach. So you don't have the Pesach yet telling me to go eat a roasted Pesach. Maybe only then. Does it, uh, am I over on don't eat a parashuot? But at night, once it is Pesach, and don't ask, and don't ask that maybe when it comes from the, to the carbon Pesach, it's going to completely be removed from its ability to function as a roasted, uh, as a roasted carbon Pesach. Okay? Meaning like this. A person's obviously not allowed to eat it if it's partially roasted at night. Of course not. The Pesach says you can't. 
That we know is for sure not allowed. However, I at least shouldn't, uh, maybe, I should not be high of Malchus for transgressing that love. And Mamela, now that we say, um, you know, now that we say there's a chance that you shouldn't be high of Malchus, even though you weren't over the love, so I might think that Talmud Lime, right? If the Pusik says, let's go through the Psukim in the Torah now. You should not eat it partially roast or cooked. Rather, it's got to be completely roasted on fire. You don't need to say it's got to be completely roasted on fire. Why'd you got to say that? What did it say before? It says before, eat it roasted and not partially roasted and not cooked. Now we're saying again, those words are extra. Why'd you say that? Why'd you say that? You're only chayav if you're at a time where it's ready at the Pesach Seder, where you're supposed to get up and eat it roasted. Only then are you chayav if you eat it partially roasted. However, if it's at a time where the Torah doesn't tell me to go eat it roasted, it's not yet Pesach, there's no avera of eating it partially roasted. Rebbe Yaimet, Rebbe says, Ekra ani boshel, that if I would have, uh, it says, Boshel Mavushel, right? Boshel Mavushel is two expressions of cook. He says, Ekrani Boshel. The Torah should have only written the word Boshel. You got to write Mavushel. I told him Mavushel. Why do you got to, why do you got to say that it's, uh, it's cooked? Cooking and cooked. Why do you got to say that both? Sheyachol, I might think, um, um, it is only usher to cook it on Pesach itself that it's usher to eat it. However, let's say I cook my carbon Pesach before Pesach. It's not yet the time of roasting. So I'm cooking it on Erev Yomtiv. So I would say maybe a person is not chayev. I didn't cook my my carbon Pesach on Yomtiv. Even any time, even if you cook it at a time when it is not yet Pesach, you're still going to be chayev. Says the Gemara for cooking. Says the Gemara behind How can you learn that out from Boshel Mavoshel that any time you cook it, it's going to be chayev? We already learned it out. Afke Rebbe Litzli Kedar Ulashar Mashkin. Remember earlier we learned uh, we learned out from Boshel Mavoshel not that you're chayev roasting at any time. But you're chayav for roasting it in any liquid. Boshem Bavushel taught me earlier that not only you're chayav for cooking it in water, you're even chayav for cooking it in barbecue sauce, for cooking it in apple juice. So how are we learning out from here that it's usher no matter what time, if we're already using no matter what liquid? Mar says, if we'd only be learning out which type of liquid you're chayav in, Mkain, Le Makra, Ay Boshel Boshel. Why are we using two different types of words of visual? This lets me know that I can take a learn out both halachas. I can learn out from Boshel Mavushel that it needs that you're chaya for cooking it, whether it's in water, whether it's in any other liquid. And you're also chaya for cooking it, whether you cook it on Yom Tif, on Pesach itself, or even if you cook it prior to Pesach. Period. End of that discussion. Tanur Rabbonon. The rabbis learned in Soshui. We've got a lot of Tanur Rabbonons here. 
I didn't look this up, but somebody told me a Misa. I don't have the, you know, brain power of this. I have to look this up. But they say that um, it was Rabbi Oya Lapian. He was walking, you know, so he was walking by some boys who were schmoozing during Seder. They are learning the Dar. So he walks by. And uh, one of the they, they see him coming. They go, Tan Rabbanon, yeah, Tan Rabbanon. You know, they start, they sound like they're learning. <laughs> so Rabbi Lapian didn't say anything at the spot, but after he calls him over, he said, why were you guys schmoozing? They said, no, we were learning. He said, listen, when I walked by, you said Tan Rabbanon. It doesn't say Tan Rabbanon anywhere in Meseches Nedarim. So unless you were learning a different Mesechta than we're learning in Yeshiva, <laughs> I got you over there, yeah? So look it up, but I got it. I hope the one who told me the Maisa has the story straight, but it makes sense. All right, so we got a bunch of Tan Rabbanans here in Psachim. See, we go. Tan Rabbanan. The rabbis learned, so should we. If a person eats roasted meat on Arab Yomtev, you're going to, I might think. No, you are chayv. A person, not yachal. Achal, a person who eats roasted meat on Arab Yomtev, you're chayv. And partially roasted meat at night, you're chayv. The Brisa seems to make fully roasted meat similar to partial meat. Manov de lab. Just like partially roasted meat, you're high of a lab. So to roast meat at night, you're high of on a lab. Okay? That's just a regular breakdown, brysa, with the understanding. Says the Gemara, let's try to understand this statement. Bishlamana, we know there's a lav, there's a negative commandment. Don't eat it partially roasted. Why? Because it says, You cannot eat roasted Carbon Pesach, if it's only partially done. Don't do it. How do you know that eating fully roasted prior to Pesach is also a lav? Where's the Pesach for that? That prior to Pesach, if I eat fully roasted meat, it's a lav. Show me. You should only eat the boss of the carbon Pesach at night. Now, balayla in the At night you eat the meat. By day you can't. But listen to the pasuk. Does the pasuk tell me you can't eat at night? No, you you can't eat by day. No, the pasuk gives me a positive commandment, and I say, go eat it at night. Okay, we can understand that. Oh, if it's not night yet, don't eat it. But does, that doesn't mean it's a negative transgression. You transgressed a positive commandment. The Torah positively told me, eat it at night. But if I do eat it prior, does that mean I transgressed a negative commandment or do I transgress a positive commandment? I transgressed a positive commandment. The only reason why I know not to do it is because the Torah told me when to do it. And therefore, it's considered like I transgressed a positive commandment. It's not considered like I transgressed a negative commandment. Good kasha. Amar of Chista says, Ha money, who's the ton of a brisa that says if I eat it before Pesach, it's a lav? Who is that top of tomorrow's daf? It's Rabbi Yehuda. It's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, the ton that we learned in a brisa. Shar v'sesarua v'kolot nadava tasa isoi. If you have an axe or a sheep, Sarua, that is uneven, is uneven. Um, the kol nedava tasa is like 
you could still use it as a carbon adava in the base on Mikdash. By saying that this type of sheet specifically, right, it has a mum, you're allowed to use it for the Bedeka Bayis, the Iata Tapsis Timimim, the Bedeka Bayis, but you're not allowed to um, initially, um, uh, you're not allowed to initially separate something that is not blemished for the Bedeka Bayis. You hear this? There's two stages of Kedusha. This is a very important aside for our lives, by the way. We'll explain why in a minute. There's two stages of Kedusha. There's Kachi Kachim and Kachi Kalim. Holy of Holies and then a lighter Holies. If an animal has a mum, you're allowed to set it aside for the Bedeka Bayis. This animal is going to be used for the, for the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash, for an Adava to keep the Mizbeach going, to sell it for money. But you're not allowed to take a perfectly perfect animal and say this is for the Bedeka Bayis. If you have an animal that's kosher for a carbon, you must make it a carbon. There's no excuse to make that only holy for the Bedeka Bayis. Why are you lessening its ability to be Kaddish? If it's Tamim, if it's kosher to be a carbon, make it a carbon. Don't make it a Bedeka Bayis, the animal. From here the Chachamim learn the Bedeka Bayis Kol HaMatfis Tamim the Bedeka Bayis Anybody who makes a tum, complete animal, only holy for Bedek Abayas, over Basay, you've transgressed in Asay. Okay? Now, the reason why this is so applicable to our lives is because this lets us know that it's an Avera to sell ourselves or other people short. You have a person as a child or ourselves, if I'm fit to be Kutche Kutchen, why am I settling to be Kutche Kalim? If you have a kid who's capable of uh, learning more tired or being a, a better you, it's an Avera to, to settle for less and to throw that away for something else, right? It's an Avera to do that. If, a, if an animal's fit to be Kachi Kachim, it's an Avera to make it Kachi Kalim. You have to know what things are fit for. Sometimes it takes a lot of sense, but for us also, sometimes we'll sell ourselves short. So, yeah, it's okay, I'll be Kachi Kalim, you know? If we're capable of being Kachi Kachim, why, you know, why. Uh, we we got to think like that. We got to we got to strive for more. It's an interesting limud from this. So, you transgressed in say for not making a perfect animal a carbon. You transgressed in say because you made it by the kabbais. But laisa say we What about maybe a laisa say? Hashem spoke to Moshe to tell over. Li made alcohol haparsha kula. Which teaches us the entire parsha sheyehei belaisa say that the entire parsha of this whole sugya anything that falls under this category is going to be a laisa say diber rebihudas you see rebihudas of the opinion that even if something seems to be an assay if you tra- uh, um, there are times where it can even fall under a category of a laisa say how so so let's wrap up the gemara and we'll stop at the two dots. Omar Loi Rebbe Lebarkapara, Rebbe asked Barkapara, my mashma, how do you see that? Omar, that it covers every, uh, that it's also going to be a lav. Omar Loi, he says to him, Bechsev Lemar. It doesn't say, tell him the different categories of Allah. Anything that Maisha Bainu was told over to say, by the way, this is also very important. Most of us translate, Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, who said? Most people think it's Hashem. 
Hashem spoke to Moshe with the following words. That's how most of us understand it. By This is what Hashem said, by saying as follows. That's incorrect. That's wrong. By Hashem means Hashem spoke to Moshe Lamar to say over. So Moshe Rabbeinu should say this over. That's by Hashem spoke to Moshe to say. Zok the Gemara. If, I, if the beginning of the prayer says, Vayedav Shemaisha Lemar, and Maisha Rabbeinu told us all these things in one speech, that means anything that was included in this speech has a lav. Because it doesn't say bidvarim, to say over separate categories of a lav. Oh, by the way, this halacha of uh, establishing a, a nadava is this. And then it's another category of a lav. And let's say, in a lav. No. It's all one lamar, and therefore, if there's a lav, it's a lav for everything. Be'rav Amri, Be'rav, it says lav omor, that lav omor, the word lamar, if you break it down, lamet aleph mem resh, is loy mar, loy omar, yeah? So you see that there's a negative commandment uh, included in the word lamar as well. Okay, very gishmak. We're now at the two dots, about ten lines down on tomorrow's daf, daf mem beis omar aleph. We will hold it here. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Bez Hashem Matzi Shabbos. We will pick up at 6.20. 6.20 p.m. on Matzi Shabbos.